up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 23 of the Inside Groove podcast presented by Raised Dyes and Tubing. Nick Mumley with you here, as always, and no Dustin Tanner tonight. Dustin is uh, just getting back in from New Jersey and has plenty of uh, stuff that went on down there in New Jersey uh, on his vacation, so we are uh, excited to get him back on next week, and and, uh, he will tell us all about that. But I'm with you solo here this week on episode number 23 of the Inside Groove podcast. And we got a big podcast for you here tonight. Big show. Um, The championships were decided in all three divisions at Thunder Road on Friday night. And uh, great to see uh, three different drivers crowned champions in 2021. We'll recap the end of the regular season. Um, and uh, get you ready. Next week, we're going to be previewing the Milk Bowl Extra Long Show, uh, all the guests, and uh, a little bit more uh, in-depth for uh, just about everybody that's going to the Milk Bowl uh, in in just a couple of weeks' time. So very excited for that. Milk Bowl doesn't get much better uh, than the Milk Bowl at Thunder Road to close out the season. And so we will uh, have our big preview uh, episode for the Milk Bowl next week, uh, but this week week we will be uh, recapping the championships and getting you ready a little bit for the ACT race, uh, the Fall Foliage 200 at White Mountain. That's going to be Sunday afternoon, and uh, I'll be down there for that one and uh, super excited for that race as well. So we'll talk about that later on in the show, but mainly tonight we'll be talking Thunder Road and recapping the season and what went on and, and uh, how guys did overall. Uh, we're going to be do- doing driver report cards uh, at the uh, at, in this show uh, for the late models, going through the top 15 uh, point finishers for the late models and giving them a grade on the season. So uh, hopefully nobody gets too angry at me for that. But uh, honest, we're going to give honest grading, uh, 100%. Um, what I feel uh, how drivers did compared to their preseason expectations. That'll come later on in the show. We're also excited to welcome on... Chris Burnett in this show as well. He is the owner of the 66 Vermont late model for Jason Corliss and now a three-time champion at Thunder Road himself as a car owner. He's got a lot of insight to give um, from a different perspective than the drivers that we usually talk to week in and week out here on this show, so we're excited to bring him on. We had already had Jason on after Midsummer 250, so we didn't want to uh, have two guests here, in, or the same guest twice in uh, the same season here. So our goal is to uh, try to get you guys somebody different every single week, and uh, that's what we're going to do here today. So a little bit of a different perspective of the 66 team. They win the championship, and Chris Burnett will join the show later on uh, here this evening. Uh, always like to remind you, though, that our podcast is presented by Raised Dyes and Tubing. Since 1960, they've been among the best in the extrusion dye industry. Give them a call at 802-868-2040 or visit them online at raiseddiesandtubing.com. So let's jump right in here to, uh, and I want to start with the with the Flying Tiger Championship uh, because this was the main, this was the big card going in on Friday and I, you know, I'd been kind of thinking that was going to be the case, uh, you know, after after the midseason championships, once Corliss really started to catch up to Pelkey in the late models and, and make the pass there for that points lead, I'd I kind of turned my attention to the Tigers and said, all right, this is a really tight points battle. Out of the three divisions, it's going to be by far the tightest points battle. And uh, not only that, but it was between father and son, Mike and Stephen Martin. And that's how it turned out, right down to the wire. This one went 
uh, and Mike uh, ended up eking out the points championship by just a few markers over his son Stephen. And uh, you know this was this was a lot of fun to watch. This race was really good. The heat races though really told the story for what was going to happen. You know, and we were we were watching, waiting. You know, seeing who had the better car, Mike or Stephen. What was it going to be? And in the heat race, Mike came out and drove from the back all the way up to I think third in the heat race and really uh, set the tone for the night. Got himself some some points in the process because obviously Thunder Road heat races pay out points ten to the winner and all the way down to two for whoever finishes um, you know seventh I think it is if there's less cars than that then it's three um, etc etc. But Mike was able to gain a small amount of points, but um, you know I think he gained six points on Steven going into the um, going into the feature, which you know it sounds small, but the points gap to begin with was only uh only seven points going into the race so mike just about doubled his points gap um to steven going into the feature from the heat race so i think that's where the championship was won it made things much more difficult for steven martin um you know going into the final uh, the race there the feature you know instead of seven points back he was 13 points back i think he had to finish seven spots ahead of mike um or win the race and have mike finish fifth or worst or worse um in that race so obviously it sets up a predicament for steven going into it then the lineup comes out and steven's actually starting behind mike in the feature so that makes things even worse for steven martin um in his bid to win the championship he was able to get to to mike at the very end of the race but um you know obviously wasn't able to get seven cars ahead of him um mike i think finished fifth in the race and had to finish fourth or better to to lock up the championship no matter what steven did um and uh, so mike got it done there really exciting finish down at the end there's a couple of uh late race cautions and restarts that really kind of jumbled things up uh you know mike was was getting into it with a couple of drivers in this race there's a couple of moments that had you on the edge of the seat because you know mike was uh making contact and, and hitting people and they were hitting him back and you know you could tell that they were everybody was you know racing for this championship and uh mike obviously able to get it done at the end steven with a very good effort but uh unable to get up to uh up to the 01 car and beat his dad but you know overall you know this was the story of the summer i felt like um was this battle between father and son and it played out really well um and i'm glad that mike got it done um you know, not that I had a dog in the fight, but, you know, Mike has been running the Tigers for so long, trying to get that championship. Feels like Jason Woodard's kind of been in the way the last couple of years of him getting that championship. Um, but this year they were able to figure it out. They, that car was so fast all year long, and uh, they get the win. And uh, only one one race win for them this year, just to go back to how difficult it is to racing the race in the tigers where there's so much competition nobody uh, i don't think anybody had more than one win jason pelkey had a couple of wins this year um for the tigers so um but nobody had more than two wins this year in the tigers if you know that that goes to say something it's just about somebody different every single week it's uh winning those championships is so tough because you have to be the most consistent and when there's you know 25 cars out there and everybody's so tight together um competition wise it's tough for you to really make up ground and get yourself into the top 10 can, on a consistent basis. And uh, and Mike was able to do that this season. So congratulations to him and the entire Martin family. I know this was a really big night for them. And, um, you know, Stephen obviously upset he didn't win the championship, but I'm sure he's he's happy to, to have the championship in the, in the house nonetheless. Uh, 
and uh, you know a big race for that family emotional night for them and and uh, Mike obviously comes out on top with the championship win so congratulations to Mike Martin there on to the late models uh, Chris Pelkey gets the win um, you know other you know up front this was a really uneventful race um, you know Pelkey had the pole because of the handicap from crashing last week so um he was able to really break out a lead i think he was up to four and a half seconds ahead of second place there right before that late caution came out um that kind of jumbled up the field again and it gave brendan moody a shot at him um but you know pelkey was pelkey was great all season and you know this was his third win of the year so it wasn't a surprise when when we knew Pelkey was going to be on the pole, I, I don't think there was a whole lot of debate on who was going to win this race. And so that kind of put things in Jason Corliss's hands, saying, you know, Corliss has to have a good run here to lock up this title. And it wasn't the best run for Jason Corliss, but it was plenty enough. Um, the the heat race, he was able to gain, gain enough points to where he got it right on the cusp of... Uh, eliminating Pelkey from title contention and clinching the championship uh, in fact right down to the wire is uh when they went down the uh the front stretch on the final time in Corliss's heat race he made a move to try to get around uh Trampus Demers they I think it might have been maybe half of half a foot maybe six inches uh that Demers beat Corliss to the line and that would have clinched the championship right there and and Corliss would have just had to to fire the engine and take a lap in the feature, and uh, he would have won the championship. But uh, going into it, he had to he had to go back and, and you know sit and and say, okay, you know, 18 car field that obviously didn't help Chris Pelkey um, with uh, you know Pelkey wanting to have as many cars there, giving him as much you know leeway in the points as as he can, because obviously the more cars that that start the race i think it goes back to you know 24 25 before you get minimum points um for a late model race at thunder road so that raised the bar for corliss the 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 clinching number was higher because there was less cars on the track so that didn't help pelkey at all um and you know the minimum amount of points that corliss could have gained from the race um which you know gave corliss a much much better shot at getting it done um, you know, Pelkey obviously gets the win. There's a crash though on lap 13. Daryl Morin, Trampus Demers, uh, Phil Scott was in it, um, and a few others. Uh, Tyler Cahoon, who rallied to finish third, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But um, they they were all involved in this crash. So Phil Scott went down, went to the garage, and uh, I think they had a, a problem with the radiator in that car. And then um, Daryl Morin went in on the hook, and so at that point, you know, we know Jason Corliss is going to lock up the championship, and so. I was interested to see if he would really try to push the issue and try to get the win um, and the championship like he did last year. Um, that was pretty impressive how he how he won the race and the title last year, but just didn't seem in the cards on a Friday night. He got stuck behind the uh, the 85 and the and the two car of Stephen Donahue. Demers had a lot of damage on the 85, and he was fighting to uh, keep Donahue and, and Corliss at bay pretty much all 62 laps of this feature. And for good reason, you know, he was battling hard for that third spot. He came into the night with an 11-point advantage on Tyler Cahoon for the number three position in the point standings. And so, Trampus Demers, it's been a rough year for them. They were trying to salvage top three points finish, um, and uh, it just didn't happen for him. But he was trying, trying like hell, and, and uh, Donahue was, was racing him really hard, and 
Trampus was racing Donahue really hard back, and this was all happening right in front of Corliss. And mind you, uh, they with the crash on lap 13, fluids got down on the track. They had to put Speedy Dry down, so the track was a little bit unpredictable. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, the Speedy Dry has the potential to make uh, to make the track change a little bit, um, and it certainly seems uh, seems like it did from talking to drivers on Friday night after the race, saying, "Wow, that track was." Uh, uh, a little bit interesting to drive on um and so you know Corliss wasn't really in a position where he could move up spots and it resulted in his worst finish of the year um in in races that he that he didn't um you know have problems in you know they kept the car clean and they brought it home and they did enough to to get the championship away um from from Pelkey and, and make sure that the 64 team didn't didn't do anything to make them uh to, to pass Corliss for the lead, um, and, and I've been seeing a few people saying that, that Corliss was was laying back at the end. I, I don't think he was fully. I mean, maybe maybe just a little bit, but um, you know, it, it comes down to the like I said, the speedy dry on the track made it a little bit unpredictable, and the two wide racing in front of him. There just wasn't a whole lot there. Um, you know, could he have been laying back a little bit? Sure. Um, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that's completely out of the possibility. Um, I, you know, maybe if this is a race, if the tides are, are turned here and and Corliss is you know the roles are reversed rather, and Corliss is you know hunting the championship rather than in the lead, he might he might make it a little bit more of an aggressive move to get around the 85 and the two who are bickering pretty good in front of him for most of this race. But you know, Corliss didn't need to. You know, he he clinched championship on lap 13. Um, and he started way back in the field. Could he have, have made a, a superhuman drive up to the front again and risk the equipment and and uh, everything else to, to try to win them both? Uh, sure. Um, you know, I'm not sure. Not, I'm not even sure if he would have been able to because of the the way the cars were battling in front of him. It was a tough tough place to be. There was just no nowhere to go, and you didn't want to get too close to these guys because Demers and, and Donahue were. Um, were bumping and banging and, and running each other all over the place. And, you know, that's not something you want to get in the middle of uh, when you're just trying to, you know, get past them because, you know, anything could happen at any moment and you could be an innocent bystander that gets torn up out of that because um, uh, of a different, because of a, a, a conflict that, that wasn't even uh, involved with you. So I'm not, I'm not going to take issue with Corliss you know, sitting back or getting stuck, we'll call it behind uh, behind the eighty five and the two. But um, you know, that's that's racing, and I, I don't blame the the sixty six for doing it. Um, and uh, you know, they got to keep that car clean for the milk bowl. They they don't want to get themselves into trouble that they don't need to be in. They've got the championship clinched. Sure, you know, I don't have any problem with you know taking things easy in the race. Um, and I definitely think that they they might have taken it. A little bit easier than they would have if the roles were reversed um but i don't think by any means he was just hanging back and with no intention of of actually racing i don't think that that's correct either i think he was if the hole was there he would have made a chance he would have made a shot at it um and uh you know but it, it just never was for them and so uh, that's it wound up with a, a not so great finish for the 66 team but hey they won the championship out of it uh, anybody who knows Jason Corliss knows that he's a competitor. He shows up to every to every race looking to win it. Um, 
you know, anybody who's ever talked to him knows that. So if you're saying, you know, he completely lagged back and, and was not going for it at all, um, you've clearly never had a conversation with Jason Corliss and, and gotten to know the, uh, the mindset in which he races in. When he gets in that car, he is there to win and win alone. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen on, on Friday night, but, you know, the, there's the day that I, I see Jason Corliss intentionally lag back and, and not not race is uh, is uh, the day I, I see pigs fly. Um, I don't think we'll ever see that out of the 66 driver. Um, so let's go now to uh, our end of season report cards, which we I hinted a little bit earlier on in the show excited for these we're going to grade every single driver late models top 15 guys uh, that that ran full-time this year um give them a grade on uh, on how they did throughout the year compared to the preseason expectations uh and uh should be a lot of fun but before we get to that always got to remind you uh that our podcast and our race recaps are brought to you by pro heat and east montpelier for over 20 years, they've been providing their customers with top-notch heating and hot water services all across central Vermont. Michael John Massetti, he's a three-time Thunder Road champion as a car owner, and he brings the same championship dedication to serving his customers. Give them a call at 802-479-9330 or visit them on Facebook, Pro Heat Professional Reliable on Time. And don't forget, Pro Heat is hiring, so if you're looking for a job, uh, reach out to Michael John, and uh, and you guys, you can get get started with working for Pro Heat. Great business, great company, and a, a great owner over there uh, in East Montpelier. Thank you to Pro Heat for the support. So now it's time for our driver report cards. So we'll start it off with Jason Corliss, and I think this is the obvious one here. They get an A plus for the season. You know, sure they had a, a little bit of a, a setback. Um, at midseason, at the midseason championships, and uh, that caused them uh, to make this championship battle with Chris Pelkey a little bit tighter than it would have been uh, before. But people forget, Carlos was up by nearly sixty points uh, before midseason, and he kept going at the same pace afterwards. Um, you know, didn't finish out of the top ten uh, this year until the final race when he, uh, uh, except for you know, the race when he uh, crashed out. I mean, they were top 10 consistently all year long. Top fives, five wins is the most wins um, for a late model driver in a season at Thunder Road in points counting events. He wins five of the 14 races, an incredible success rate for the 66 team, especially considering the handicap and how they had to drive to the front most weeks, including that 17th to first uh, drive um, from Corliss early on in the season that really set the tone for the 66 team. They did an incredible job all year long. They win the championship, and uh, this is the easiest A-plus that uh, we'll give out here, uh, except for the next one. The next one's a pretty easy A-plus, too, and it goes to Chris Pelkey, um, the underdog team that gained a ton of fan support this year. Uh, they may, they set the garage area abuzz this season um, you know, last year, Chris Pelkey was a middle of the pack guy running both ACT and Thunder Road. Wasn't really ever in contention to win a race. He hadn't won a race in, in a few years. Uh, but this year they come out, they win three races. They win double points night, um, and give themselves an opportunity to, to win this championship. They lead the points chase for a, a lot of the season in the second half. Ultimately gave it up to the, uh, to the 66 team, but you know, 
that, that's not something I'm going to knock them for because uh, they put on a great season and 66 team just has the, the manpower and the resources um, and uh, everything else that takes that, that goes into uh, putting together a championship season. And Chris Pelkey hung on right down until the, uh, the second to last week of the year. Um, and was still able to win it. He had a he had a crazy long shot to win the championship on Friday night, uh, but the fact that he was even still in the running for the championship by Friday by the last race of the year on Friday night that's uh, that's a credit to how much work they put into the 64 team this year. Um, and uh, Chris Pelkey impressed everyone. Nobody worked harder than them this season, I don't think. And uh, and you know they put on a great show. Three feature victories. Uh, you know, coming into the year and a, you know, a pretty, you know, he had, he'd been running for four or five years before this, uh, and he won one race at Thunder Road. This year he wins three, finishes second by quite a wide margin in the point standings, um, and a, a huge upset year for, for Chris Pelkey. They don't get the ultimate upset, but they had a great season nonetheless. Brandon Moody is going to be uh, the third highest grade on this list, um, and he's going to finish the year with an A. Top five points finish for this team. They finished second, I believe, five times on the year. Just ridiculous stuff that they weren't able to get their second career win um, with the 94 team this year. Um, Jeff LeCare was over there as crew chief, and he made a, a big difference in getting Brendan up to the front consistently, running that car uh, really well. Um, you know, he got the he got a, a top he got a fourth place finish i think it was in the community bank 150 struggled a little bit on labor day um but you know that was uh that was about it uh, they had the they did have that crash on opening night that took them out of contention you got to remember moody finished fifth in points this season um with just four with 13 races run um rather than the uh the full schedule so um you know that's uh, that's a testament to this team. They probably could have been right up in the championship battle um, if Moody would have uh, turned that bad finish there uh, on opening night into a top ten or even a top five. We could have been talking about Brendan Moody complete competing for a championship with Chris Pelkey and Jason Corliss this year. They had a tremendous season. Um, I'm really excited. I, I'm wondering if it will extend into next year and if they can start winning races next year uh, more consistently than they have in this 94 but everybody's kind of talked about how brendan moody you know obviously such a good flying tiger driver in his day one of the best to ever uh to ever take the wheel at, at thunder road in a flying tiger um but uh, that that success has just not really translated over to the late models this year it started to i think and we really saw brendan moody put together really solid runs all season long i think he's going to be up there you know, if they can get things figured out, if they can run as well as they have all season, don't count Brendan Moody out for the for the uh, milk bowl. He's he might be a, a dark horse uh, pick for for some people in the milk bowl to get that win. Um, you know, they've had a tremendous season and and uh, they finish off the year with an A. Tyler Cahoon is next with an A minus uh, and his first career top three points finish. A great year for Tyler Cahoon. The only problem was they didn't win a race and they waited until the last race to get the podium spot. Um, that was the only mark against them, I think, this year, is that they just weren't able to get into victory lane until the la that last race when they finished third. Um, you know, got to see a little bit more of a of uh, of power from from that 38 team late in races to get that win. Um, but you know, we saw a lot of them brewing a lot of momentum at the end of last year. They come in this year, they just ran super consistent. 
Um, that's all it was, and, and they were able to make things happen. But a great year for them, great year morale-wise for Tyler uh, to run up front consistently after a disappointing finish in points last season. Um, and uh, we'll see what they can do in, in the Milk Bowl and in 2022. But um, just a, a great season for Tyler Cahoon overall. They they put together a really good season, and uh, and they didn't get the win. They only got one podium, but uh, the consistency was there. It was the Matt Kenseth season for them this year. I, I think I called it when we had him on the show a couple weeks back. But Tyler Cahoon's getting the fourth best grade of uh, the 2022 class with a uh, with an A minus. And right there next to him is uh, a name that is that I put up pretty high. And uh, it might surprise a few people, but it's Brandon Lanfear finishing. Uh, I'm giving him an A- minus for the year. Um, I think he checked all the boxes. He wins Rookie of the Year. Uh, he wins a race, finishes in the top 10 in points. He finished 8th and had a real shot at finishing in the top 5 uh, all season long. He was right up there with the top contenders at Thunder Road all season as a rookie. Um, you know, he kept that car clean all season. Um, the Labor Day Classic, he tore it up a little bit, but I think everybody tore it up a little bit on Labor Day. Um, but he kept that car clean. He won a race. He won Rookie of the Year. I think that's all Richard Green could have uh, hoped for out of a rookie season for Brandon Lanfear. He did a great job with that team uh, and uh, and is really looking like one of the top uh, young drivers at this track right now. Uh, and we can only... Uh, we can only guess what the future is, what the future holds for Brandon Lanfear, but I think it's, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of wins in it. Um, you know, I'm looking for a breakout year from them next year and a top five points finish because they showed some, some tremendous flashes this year. They had a couple of runs, you know, a few runs this year where they were outside of the top, top ten that really probably cost them that chance at that real chance at fifth uh, when it comes down to it, but. You know, you're a rookie, you go through your, your bumps and your lumps, and you, you come back a little bit stronger each and every week, and they certainly did that. And to, to win the penultimate uh, weekly race of the year kind of showed the progress that they've made all season long. And Brandon gets the rookie of the year in the process. So um, I'm giving him an A- and a really high score for 2021 because uh, they did a great job. Next one, too, is going to be a driver that, that got a bunch of top fives this year, kind of out of the blue, and the handicap helped him. But he wasn't able to get the win that uh, we were kind of all hoping he would be able to get, and that's Chris Roberts in the in the three car. Um, you know, for him to go out and get four top fives this year was really really impressive. The only thing for them is, you know, I was hoping to see them get the uh, get a win. Uh, they started up front a ton with the with the handicap, and uh, they were able to hold on and get top five, something that three car hadn't been able to do. In the past, you know, hold on for the entire 50 laps. But Chris did that this year. He did a great job. Um, I'm interested to see if they can get a win next year. Uh, but he had a great year. I'm giving him a B-plus for 2021. And uh, next one on the list, Daryl Morin. First career win this year for Daryl Morin. Um, you know, not a, a whole a, a whole lot else to um, really shake a stick at for, for Daryl this year. They didn't have an overwhelming year with the new car. Uh, but they got the win, and I think that was the most important thing for the uh, for the 17 team. You know, he'd been doing this for for seven years winless, and, and now he gets to go out and, and call himself a winner at Thunder Road, and so we'll see what kind of momentum that can give him going into 2022. All right, so next on the list is going to be Kyle Pembroke, and we're going to give him a B for the season. They got a couple wins this year. They had some really good runs in the 27 car. Um, kind of fell off as the season winded down i felt um and uh weren't up front quite as often as they they were 
earlier on in the season. Um, came up a little bit short, seventh place in the points. Uh, I was hoping, I was seeing all season long that they had that opportunity um, to get into the top five. I felt like they deserved to be a top five team this year, but too many struggles early on, too many problems early on really hampered their ability to do that. Um, and uh, it, it cost him the chance at being in the top five this year. Um, this is a team that I'm going to come back and look at in 2022 and say, you know, with a full slate and a chance, you know, to, to you know, not have to deal with the early year problems that they suffered all, all season long here in the first half at least, um, that they've got a chance to win the championship. Um, but, you know, those problems really hurt them early on in the season, kept them from being able to really recover. But a couple of wins this year, overall good year for Kyle Pembroke. I'm going to give him a B+. Plus. Um, you know, they they had a great year this year. They broke out from, from where they were last year um, and really improved. Uh, but a, pro a bunch of problems early in the season really hampered their uh, success and, and cost them a, a solid top five points finish as uh, the season wound down. Next on the list, Chip Grenier, also giving him a B. Chip uh, had had a really good season. I felt like um, you know there was ups and downs. The last probably month and a half has been really generally high for for Chip. Um, you know they came in. I don't think they had a ton of expectations this year with the 62 car. They came in. They ran top five a bunch. Uh, had a couple podiums there. Uh, Chip hasn't won a race in, in a very long time at Thunder Road. It's been uh, over 10 years since he won a race uh, on the high banks. And so he's going to be hurt searching for that next year, I think. Uh, and uh, I think they're going to come out and get a win next year. Didn't quite get it this year, but I, I'm going to give Chip Grenier a B on the season. I thought that they they ran a little bit higher than expectations. I think he uh, even he set out for them at the beginning of the year. Um, next up, I'm going to give Marcel Gravel a B-. minus. Um, this was not the year Marcel Gravel wanted. This was not the year that he was hoping for. Um, and uh, it ultimately came back. They were able to finish sixth in points, uh, just missed out on the top five by two points to Brendan Moody. Um, but Gravel didn't take that step forward that I was expecting them to take, and I think that he was expecting them to take. Well, I know he was expecting them to take the, the step forward to compete for the championship with the new sponsorship, um, but it just didn't happen for them this year. They... They had a couple of good runs early on in the year, but uh, they, they suffered through a lot of equipment failures, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of wrecks early on in the season. They got a new car late in the year, um, and uh, they performed very well with it. Um, and there's there's some promise for that car. Um, and uh, fingers crossed. Now they just got to get that car to survive the milk bowl, and I think they'll be just fine for 2022 and and really have a chance at making the run for the title. Um, but this year was not the year that they wanted at all. Disappointment, I think, overall for the 86 team. Had a couple of good runs, but it, it just wasn't there for them this year uh, for <clears throat> for various reasons. And uh, it cost them a chance at, at getting that championship that I think Marcel was really hoping that he would have a shot at this year. And next up is going to be Matt Smith in the 04 car. I'm going to give him a C-plus for the season. They showed some promise last year, especially in the Milk Bowl. I thought that car looked really fast in the Milk Bowl. They came out this year, and they were there for a few few races, but they couldn't, I feel like, couldn't get out of that, you know, 5th to 12th or 13th range all season long. Um, I, I know Matt 
really struggled this season, um, you know, from a mental standpoint of, you know, how do I get past these bad finishes um, and a couple of moments this year that, that kind of derailed the year for them. I was expecting Matt to go out and get a win this year. I thought this was going to be the year they got the first win. Um, but, you know, they've they've got to get something going here with uh, some momentum for the four, for the 4 bunch there. Um, because I, I think this was kind of a lateral move from, uh, from last season. I don't think that there was a whole lot that was, you know, they really took steps forward this year. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe that'll change. Um, I, I still think Matt's got a bunch of potential as the, as a driver. Um, I still think that he can go out and win races, you know, multiple races in, in seasons out in the, as his career goes forward. But they uh, this year they just didn't seem to have it. They were never really battling for a win like they were a bunch of times last year. Um, and uh, so we'll see what happens in the future with the 04 team. But this year, Matt Smith, you know, I felt like it was, like I said, lateral movement with the 04. Um, they didn't really gain a whole lot. They didn't really lose a whole lot from last year. So uh, we'll see in 2022 if, if Matt can ha- kind of have a breakout season in his third full-time year driving um and uh and make something happen there but i'm gonna give them a c plus for 2021 also gonna give trampas demers a a c plus um and uh you know they everything that could have gone wrong this year i felt good did go wrong for them um you know they got caught up in a bunch of wrecks that weren't (laughs) that they weren't involved in um just an innocent bystander and they get caught up in a bunch of wrecks this year um they lose the third the, the podium points finished there in the last week uh, by, you know, you guessed it, being involved in a wreck. Um, and they didn't get into the podium at all this year. Didn't find, didn't see their way to victory lane. Coming into the year, <clears throat> I thought there was a, a lot of uh, some high expectations for Trampus. You know, he won a race last year. He had won a bunch of races in the last year, the few years before that. But this year, they just, they weren't ever quite fast enough to get to the top three and, and stay there um they had a good run in the community bank 150 which obviously wasn't a points race but after that i, I think that race put <clears throat> you know maybe even set expectations a little bit higher than they were going into this season saying okay trampus just ran p2 in the act race to begin the year um you know maybe there's a shot that this is the year he wins the championship um but it just it, it didn't happen for them this year um they they were caught up in a lot of wrecks like i said that weren't their fault but it really hurt their chances at at getting wins and getting points and and they weren't able to keep pace with with jason corliss and and chris pelkey the big moments that they needed uh good things to happen like on on double points night just didn't happen for them um and uh you know they just it felt like they ran fifth to tenth all year long they got a fourth at the end of the year but um you know coming in i i you know go back and listen to the podcast that at the beginning of the year i thought trampus demers had a real good shot at winning the championship this year but it just never never worked out for them and uh so i'm sure that they'll be coming back hungrier than ever next year um to try to rebound off of what i'm going to call a, a disappointing season for the 85 bunch i'm going to give them a c plus next on the list three drivers to go we got steven donahue he's going to get a flat c for the season uh, early on, I would say month, month and a half into the year, it looked like Stephen Donahue was going to be a championship contender, uh, and he ended up finishing 10th in points. They just couldn't get 
that two car running either of those cars the green one or the yellow one they couldn't get them running up to par there in the second half of the season a couple of accidents including the last night of the year they had a really hot start to the year both thunder road and act but it just fell off so fast um you know around mid-season and it came back i think steven got a a podium there uh you know later on in the year but he won a race early in the season and they showed a lot of speed early in the season but by the end of it there was just not much happening for um for steven donahue and a, a frustrating year for them after it showed so much potential at the beginning so i'm sure they're going to be wanting to come back next year and put together a, a complete year uh but i'm going to give them a c for uh for 2021 now two drivers to go this next one he got his first career win the rookie in 2021 cooper bouchard he's gonna get a c they got the win but that was pretty much the only bright spot for them this year they only had one other top 10 finish um and a lot of growing pains this year for the seven team they they struggled at a lot of different points they didn't really find a good handle on that car except for the week that they won and they weren't able to carry the momentum from that win um and to good finishes throughout the year um so you know cooper got off to a slow slow start in the late model um and it got better as the year went on he made a lot of strides as the year went on but there's still a long way to go he got the win and uh you know that's that was awesome for him to get the win and 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 you know just it become you know one of the few rookies uh, in the last decade to win at thunder road um but other than that they didn't have anything else this year to really prove that that win was anything more than a a huge upset um, in the 2021 season, and uh, you know they've this is a young team. You know none of these guys have ever have ever driven a late model, worked on a late model before on that team for Cooper. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of room to grow for them. I'm expecting to see some of that in 2022, but this year was a year of growing pains for uh, for Cooper Bouchard, even though he got the win. We're going to call that win a, a major upset and uh, a, a struggle for the rest of it for the seven team uh, with a chance to get better in 2022. So we'll see what happens there. Then rounding it out is uh, the driver who 50 laps into the Community Bank 150. I thought I was going to give an A-plus to for a season-long report card. Uh, but, you know, 50 laps into the season, you can't be grading drivers. And uh, Scott Dragon the season fell apart from that moment that that he hit the wall there on the community bank 150 um the car had speed early in the season but then they couldn't get through tech um and then later on in the season it just they they just didn't have the speed that they needed to uh to to finish races as strong as they as they could have um they got a they got a top 10 in the in the labor day classic um i'm interested to see how they do in the milk bowl compared to scott dragon last year who won three races and you know was a major threat for the championship all the way through um you know this year for them to finish 13th in points even with the new team and the the new crew and and the new car and the new surroundings for scott dragon um i I think he proved to us in the first couple of races of the year that they were definitely able to do better than they ultimately finished do finished the season uh 13th in points i don't think scott's going to be happy with that i don't think that team's going to be happy with that um and uh there's a lot of room to to grow there for scott dragon i think that they're going to make big strides in in 2022 um and uh we'll see what happens with the zero team <clears throat> but the way that they came out compared to the way they finished 
Um, you know, I think that's a, a big letdown for for the the Dragon supporters there in the stands of the, uh, for the number zero car. They they just didn't get it done this year. They they showed so many bright flashes early in the season that had people thinking, you know, maybe this team can compete with the 66 for a championship. Um, you know, they had that speed earlier on, um, but the, the DQs got in the way and it, and I'm sure it didn't help morale any to get DQ'd uh, twice this year. Um, but you know, that's the way it goes. So Scott Dragon's going to get a D plus with a, a bunch of room for improvement in 2022. We shot, we saw the speed from the zero. Uh, they just didn't get the results this year. So, um, room to grow there for the zero team. And, and they've got a chance to get a lot better next year as that team, uh, gains ex experience and chemistry. Um, but we will see, uh, what goes on from there. And now with, uh, our driver, report cards for 2021 out of the way uh let's go on to our interview for the night and always we got to remember that all of our interviews here on the inside group podcast are presented by fast one motorsports in middlesex pete, pete dudo is one of the most successful owners in thunder road history multiple championships multiple milk bowls under his belt pete's knowledge and expertise can help you reach that championship level as well their shop fully stocked with parts accessories and more if they don't have it you don't need it give them a call at 802-223-5888 to let fast one motorsports get you to the fast track to victory lane and now without further ado and we will close out this week's episode of the inside group podcast with the owner of the burnett scrap metals number 66 for jason corliss here is chris burnett welcome back everybody to the inside groove podcast presented by raised eyes and tubing excited to welcome on our guest this week he is a three-time champion at thunder road but uh not the one that you might think of when you see the 66 car uh, going around the track the the car owner of uh jason corliss's number 66 burnett scrap metals uh ford Ford Mustang and the owner of Burnett Scrap Metals, uh, Chris Burnett. We're happy to welcome you on to the Inside Groove Podcast here today. Uh, how are we doing? Good, good. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, we'll see how this goes. A little bit different for me, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. So you guys are fresh off a third straight championship, three in a row. It's only been done twice before now. Now you guys are, are the third people to uh, do it in the 30 years of uh, Thunder Road Late Models. Um, so just how amazing is that for you guys to, to be able to sit back and say, wow, you know, we, we've uh, really set some history here. Yeah, it is. I mean, me and Jason sit back, talk a lot, you know, kind of where we, we started, you know, um, just kind of really a, a, a lower buck tiger operation with just, uh, you know, dreams, you know we kind of had the same aspirations to, you know, always wanting to win, you know, championships to milk bowls. And I mean, even just wanting to win late model races um, and to see how far, how much we have accomplished and really a, a pretty short amount of time. Um, I mean, uh, me and Jason, I think been together a little over 10 years, but late models, I think this was our eighth season. Um, so, but uh, you know, we, we started out, with uh you know an older chassis with you know thinking we could do it on a tiger budget and uh realized quickly that uh well that wasn't <laughs> we weren't going to get done what we wanted to get done 
doing it that way. And, uh, you know, I think it was the end of our first year when we bought that uh, RPM car and uh, kind of really switched our game plan up. So going back to Friday night, I mean, you guys uh, obviously came in with a, with a very healthy lead, but, um, you know, I think kind of the story of the night was the fact that you guys came into a healthy lead with midseason championships and it didn't work out. And all of a sudden you guys are involved in the wreck and, and Pelkey wins the race. And all of a sudden he's the points leader. Um, so, you know, in a normal, in a year where that didn't happen, I feel like a lot of people would be sitting there saying, yeah, Corliss has it wrapped up, but knowing that, you know, Pelkey had done that already once this year, I think there was a little bit of, uh, you know, people were kind of more on edge um, than they would have been normally going into it with, I think a 43 point lead and you guys actually had the chance to win the championship in the heat race if you would have beat Trampus Demers to the line there but you lost it by uh, a couple of inches at most um, you know and then 13 laps in obviously you clinch it with the crash but you know between that yeah. heat race and uh, and the crash there that clinched the championship for you guys what's your kind of emotion uh, and feeling uh, you know with that time in between knowing you know we're right there but anything could happen and, and we know that well yeah i think uh definitely double points night was a awakening to us so that that stuff can happen you know you know we've been very fortunate that you know jason's very good at bringing the thing home every week um you know and just getting solid finishes and you know good finishes but uh you know double points night we had a really good car and uh you know headed up through and jason just set it on the outside and mayhem happened in front of him and nowhere to go when we finished last. And so I think that was a true wake up call that going into even the championship night that, you know, we could still knock out of there without a championship by finishing last, especially after seeing, you know, the heat lineups, Pelkey lining up on the pole of the first heat, you know, you know tells you that he's going to be on the pole for the feature. And, uh, you know, and they, uh, they did a hell of a job putting that thing back together, you know, so it was, good if not a little better than they they were before so uh you knew that you know they were uh they were going for max points um and uh we were gonna have to uh definitely be maybe a little bit more um defensive uh kind of a mindset than offensive you know so and obviously after that that crash when you know phil popped his radiator and 17 went off on the hook you know things things felt a little bit better, but then we, we were stuck behind the, uh, 85 and two that were racing pretty hard. <laughs> uh, so, you know, those things don't make things any easier, but does, uh, how does this one rank among, uh, among the three? I mean, the first one, you know, I've been there for all three. Um, the first one kind of felt like relief because it was kind of the last thing that the last major, event that you guys needed to kind of win to really solidify yourselves i think and then the second one was yeah we can you know we're here we can really do this last year wasn't a fluke and then this year was pure dominance and then you even had a little bit of a comeback mix in there as well so um and you tie the record as, as well for most uh back to back to back so how does this one rank among the three for you so i'd say you know this one you know the first one's hard was hard to beat you know the emotion of you know finally getting it done we had been so close you know for at least two three years prior you know just the accomplishment to finally get that first one but you know this one you know with the challenges Pelkey gave us a little bit 
of diversity we had to go through, you know, they, they winning it's, you know, King of the road at Thunder road, you know what I mean? It, you know, every time we drive in, that's that granite you see, um, and, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I see Jason's name up there, but that, you know, knowing I was a part of that, you know, it, it just, it feels so good. So, um, I don't know if I, uh, you know, can rank this one any higher than the, you know, two, but, uh, you know, just, just getting it, you know, means a lot. So let's, let's go all the way back here. Um, you know, I think it was 2013, you guys started your late model program, but you know, you guys were together a little bit before that. And I mean, you and Jason and Andrew Hill kind of put together this, this trio here, um, that has really been hard to stop for everybody else. So, you know, how did you get in with Jason and, you know, have him as your driver? And then how the heck did you get Andrew Hill away from RPM uh, and Rick Paya there uh, when, when you guys moved up? So, I mean, yeah, so me and Jason started back, I'm bad with dates, but I want to say 2010, 2011, he was running the Tiger Tour. Um, and I was, um, I had a Tiger that, uh, so I was working on the RPM team when Brian Hoare was driving it. Um, and uh, I, uh, so actually me and my wife were at a wedding in Vermont and they were racing at Canaan. And um, pretty sure if I remember right, my wife dragged me out of the wedding to go down to watch, to watch the race. And uh, we actually just sat in the grandstands and, uh, and uh, so we went down the pits after everything closed down and Jason had, you know, pretty much finished that, <laughs> that tiger off. Um, and, uh, oh, that's, he was that's when he was racing for Sean McCarthy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was running for rookie of the year in the tigers at Thunder Road. And, um, I, I want to say that was the last tiger tour race anyways. So we were pretty, we were pretty much had been done for the year. Jay Webb wasn't a huge fan of Thunder Road. Um, he was really good at airborne and Canaan and white mountain. And, you know, he just, he, uh, he wasn't a huge fan of thunder road. So we had no plans to do anything else. So I was, so I just went over Jason. I'm like, Hey, you know, if you need, you know, a car to finish off the last two races for your rookie year, you're more than welcome to use it. And, um, it kind of started there, you know, we and Jason kind of clicked pretty good. Uh, um, you know, just personal personality wise, you know, right off from the beginning. And, um, and at the time, Andrew, um, Jay Webb was helping us at RPM with Brian. And, uh, so Andrew was helping us a little bit with the tiger car. So we're going, the tiger was going pretty good at the time. Um, so we had, I can't exactly remember labor day, but we had a good run labor day and good run milk bowl. And, uh, that winter, I was just like, um, you want to run Thunder Road next year in this car. And so we, so we did that. And, um, without, uh, kind of without Andrew's help, we, uh, we kind of struggled <laughs> that, that year <laughs> at Thunder Road, you know, trying to do it on our own. Um, we're definitely not, you know, chassis guys. Um, but we had a good time. And, um, the following year he had bought a, um, I think it was, john lambert's car and um so we decided to take my 602 out of that and try that car and um it went okay but uh 
we just weren't quite having the success or fun um, that we're having. And uh, I just thought, you know, oh, you know, late models, you know, can't be that much more expensive. We know they look so much more fun. So uh, let's uh, let's go late model racing and um, bought a an old Joey the Care car off a guy from Groveton um, or no Canaan. He was running Canaan at the time, and uh, we uh, we did that. And um, our first year was you know just me and Jason, um, you know Andrew kind of was a little bit of, you know, beginning. And then I think he felt kind of bad for us and uh, started helping us a little bit more um, at the shop and, you know, at the racetrack that year. And um, we started going pretty good, but the car was just aged, you know, it wasn't, you know, you always, you know, you think you can buy a, at that time, a $10,000 late model and, you know, you can, you know, make it good, but you spend twice as much money <laughs> trying to make that car competitive as so um by the end of that year Andrew's like you know if you guys you know want to compete you know we have to upgrade equipment and uh so he's like yeah I know and Rick was talking about getting rid of one of their cars and so I'm like guess now's the time <laughs> so we bought that to run uh milk bowl that year um and uh that was I think that was the uh first time we went on american racers um so it was kind of a you know learning game for uh everybody um but uh we had we had a, we were running good uh we got tangled up in the second segment like uh you know 75 percent of the people do <laughs> and uh then uh then we went over ran the fall brawl and uh, get absolutely destroyed by, uh, we got spun into uh, turn three and four and Joey Pohl hit us in the left front about full song. And uh, so it was a rough couple races with that. <laughs> um, but uh, then uh, we uh, kind of, I think, buying that car kind of, uh, I don't know if we guilted Andrew into helping us more consistently, um, but uh definitely got them on board to help us more consistently meanwhile all you know volunteer you know help andrew is really just another one of the guys for us um you know obviously extremely lucky <laughs> to have to have him and uh all uh it all started there and then uh a couple years later running you know weekly at thunder road with that um Andrew wanted a, ch a change from pretty much from working on race cars full time. Um, and, uh, so he, uh, so him and Rick, uh, kind of, um, he got done at Rick's, uh, and he, and he went over and he was working on, uh, hot rods for Quentin brothers and, you know, working, you know, still on our race team. Um, so, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so Andrew, uh, you know, I, I guess I would say he probably came about just because he felt really bad for us. But <laughs> um, but we, it was, you know, our, our team was, you know, I, I helped with Rick and RPM, which was, you know, a lot of fun, but a very professional, professional 
team, you know, and, uh, Andrew came on with us and, um, it was all, you know, a bunch of, you know, late 20 year olds, you know, having a good time, um, you know, and just the, the real, you know, uh, team kind of, you know, um, and I, you know, it, a lot, it didn't have a lot of the pressure it had, you know, with the, uh, I guess the same pressure we feel now, but we didn't at the time as, you know, the RPM team felt is, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I think, uh, I, I hope he enjoyed it. And that's what, sorry, something. uh, enjoyed it. That's what kept him around. Why didn't you ever go racing? You still, yeah, I got you. You got me? Okay. Why didn't you ever go racing? So I, I had a, a very short racing career. Um, when I was about 18 or 19, I bought a, uh, a go-kart um, to race up at Thunder Road. And um, yeah, I didn't uh, first... I brought it, uh, showed up to Thunder Road the first time. It was a new car, new motor. Um, had no clue what I was doing besides thought I was going to have a good time. And uh, I didn't even have close to the right gear. And uh, <laughs> um, it was, it, it was a, yeah, it wasn't a disaster, but uh, yeah, I had no clue. And actually, uh, that was when like Bobby Therian and, um, Cody Blake and Jimmy Hebert were all racing at the time. And, uh, Bobby Therian's dad actually came up to me. Um, you know, he lives, they live right, you know, in the same area as me. And, uh, he's like, Oh, you know, he says, why don't you bring that over to the shop one night and uh, we'll give you a hand. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. He spent all night with me going through it and, you know, setting it up and, uh, came back the next week, uh, a lot better. But it just, you know, it just wasn't the thing for me. Um, I ended up after that week uh, letting my uh, brother race it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so the racing thing really has never been my thing. And uh, so, especially the patience. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't have patience at all. <laughs> so what moment or was there a moment um, when you know you're you're with this this team that you've made here, and you know what? When did you realize you know okay we've got something that could be really special here? I think um, I think kind of as soon as we bought that RPM car, um, you know, just everybody, you know, we have pretty much all the same guys um, except for an addition of one we uh, DJ prior came on a couple of years ago, but we have the same team we had then. Um, and just the, the excitement, you know, everybody had, um, and the effort everybody was willing to put in, I knew we were going to do, you know, great things. Ne never did I imagine we we're going to do what we've done, but, um, you know, when you have, you know, six guys that, uh, are hundred percent devoted and have been since, day one, you know, even before the, the success, um, I knew we were going to be successful. Um, and, uh, it hasn't, it hasn't changed, you know, the guys, you know, show up to the shop 
you know, one, two nights, at least a week, depending on how things went. And, uh, you know, just everyone's, ex- you know, even excited to be there. And, uh, you know, we have a good time in the shop. We have a good time at the racetrack. I remember two, three years ago, must've been three years ago, milk bowl. We showed up milk bowl weekend. I think we were, we were throwing some cornhole bags around and, you know, just, you know, just goofing off. And, uh, uh, one of the competitors came up, I think it's Jason's father. And it was like, you know, you, you know, you guys, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win with that kind of attitude. And it's like, actually, no, I believe the opposite. I think you have to have that when everyone has to want to be there. Everyone has to want to enjoy it. And, uh, we, uh, we went out and beat him that year for <laughs> in the milk bowl. So, uh, <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think that's a big part of our success besides, you know, Andrew, um, but that, you know, everybody is, gets along really well and wants to be there and has a good time being there. And, uh, I, I tell them all that I'll do it for as long as everyone's enjoying it, you know, and, uh, and you know, the, the, the fans, you know, you, you love, you love the fans and, you know, they may not all love you, but they're all talking about us. So, <laughs> you know, it's still, it still is a good feeling, you know, there's still plenty, you know, sometimes the booze may be loud, but we've kind of figured out, I think it's just a few people then, uh, you know, there's a lot more cheers still out there. So, <laughs> so going on to, uh, speaking of, of the booze, let's take you back to the night where I think that they were, uh, probably, louder than than any of us have, have ever heard towards you guys uh back in august the midsummer 250 uh yeah <laughs> you were on the stand there for for jason as the hood came up uh, it was your job to guide him uh what was that like going through that and how, how do you think you did oh i i did horrible <laughs> if you listen to a <laughs> word i said we've probably been watered up in turn one as soon as the hood went up but uh so if you if you ask the guys if we had if we had that conversation recorded, it would, you know, it'd be a great laugh. Um, that was, that was a hundred percent all Jason. Um, I'm pretty sure he probably pretty much shut me off. I mean, I was telling him when to turn left and when to straighten and, and that, but, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was all him. And as he says, you know, it was, he's lucky that was a 250 lap race. Cause it's all muscle memory. And that's why, that's why he's so good because, he is so smooth and, uh, you know, he proves he can <laughs> hit his marks, you know, with, uh, being able to see out of a three inch opening in his left side window and, uh, still, still do it pretty damn good. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, and, uh, I still, you know, I think this day and age, Jason's one of the the best guys I put in any situation come down with two, three laps to go to get, you know, if he has a, a mere shot at it to get it done and, and not destroying anybody to do it. I mean, yeah, he, maybe he's ruffled a couple feathers for a couple big wins. Um, but he, he's, uh, he's never, he's never destroyed anybody. And he's, uh, you know, he's a hundred percent, 110%. Um, focus especially when it comes down to the end something like that so that win for you guys was 
aside from I think there was like an exhibition race that you guys won at White Mountain last year too. But you know, that was your first big win outside of Thunder Road. And, you know, talking to Jason after that race, he was, you know, talking about how, yeah, you know, when Thunder Road kind of comes to a close for you guys, whenever that may be, he is, he wants to go run the, the bucket lists uh, and, yep. you know, do a kind of an outlaw schedule and hit the big races yep. and, and see how much money he can bring in uh, for <laughs> you guys. Um, so what do you want to do for bucket race tracks? Uh, and how, how does that, how does that decision process uh, come down is, is Jason like, oh, I want to race here, and you guys are like, okay. Or are you like, oh, Jason, I want you to race here. I want to see how we can do Or is it just everybody kind of brainstorming all at once? Um, years past, you know, me and Jason kind of put together a schedule. Um, and uh, it's always a big schedule. <laughs> and we send it out to the guys, and we're like, you know, these, this is where we want to go, you know, is, you know, what's everyone's thoughts. And everyone's always uh, – you know, hundred percent, like, let's go. I mean, I think this year's schedule was 30 something races. Um, we didn't do most of them. <laughs> most of them were with, with, with the super, you know, we went down to Hickory with that and blew the motor and, uh, with all this stuff, it took a, it took a while to get, uh, you know, that back going. Um, and, uh, so we didn't end up running a lot of those races, but, uh, and then, you know, after double points night, we kind of got, you know, if we would have come out of double points night with a bigger lead, you know, it might've opened up some more, you know, weekends that we could take the chance and go run somewhere. So, uh, you know, um, so in the future, you know, it's the same thing, me, Jason, and Andrew, the guys will sit down, you know, nights, you know, gives everybody their weekends and, yeah, the, the place is, is still an amazing facility and, you know, great fans. Um, you realize that when you go to, you, you go to other tracks, you know, you get, you go there every week and you, uh, you kind of, you kind of forget, you know, until you go to, you know, other facilities and, you know, with other race series. And, um, but, you know, I would, uh, I would love to see, Derek O'Donnell and Nick Swede and Bobby Therrien and even Jimmy Hebert, you know, um, come run Thunder Road. If uh, a few of those guys signed up to run Thunder Road next year, 100% we'd be there, you know, to uh, make it hard on them, but <laughs> make it hard on all of us. I think we could all really build as as teams, you know. I mean, Chris Pelkey pushed us this year, you know, in, uh, you know, in the beginning when we didn't think – there was too many people that could push us. Um, you know, Chris Pelkey came on strong and kept us on our toes and kept us digging hard. Um, you know, and, uh, you need guys like that. I mean, that's what, that's what got us where we were, you know, racing. We came on and raced Derek O'Donnell for his three straight Jason's rookie year. And, uh, you can, um, by another guy and, uh, you're like, wow, you know, we, we got a lot to do. And, uh, you know, he pushed us and then, you know, Bobby Therrien after him, you know, and, uh, even, you know, Trampus Demers, he hasn't got a, hasn't got a title, but every, every year, you know, him and Scott Dragon, you know, um, are, are pushing us to, to get better. So, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to run the tour too. Um, you know, just because yeah, Jason only has two other wins at white Mountain, but, uh, 
you know, he's only, uh, you know, we finished second at Seekonk. We've only been there once, you know, we uh, finished third at Beach Ridge. We've only been there twice. You know, um, we had a good run at Thompson. Um, I, I can't remember what happened there, but we had a good run going at Thompson. And uh, so, I, you know, I'd love to go back to a lot of those racetracks again um, because I, I think we can click off some wins at, you know, other racetracks. So, uh, but when you get into the weekly, weekly racing and, you know, the, the, the competition there that it's hard to, uh, it's hard to go off on the weekend and run somewhere else and, uh, still know you you're putting in 110% back on Thursday. Uh, we did it in, uh, 2017, we ran both. Um, but it was a different, it was, we were, we we're building then, you know, um, and we, we grew a ton. I think Jason as a driver coming out of 2017 and, you know, him and Andrew's relationship together um, really set us to the success we have now, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had a ton of fun on the tour races, traveling around and, you know, um, going to new places. And, uh, but towards the end of the year, uh, it was, uh, guys were burnt out <laughs> and uh you know you know we still um you know no like hurt feelings but uh you know it was it was too much to try to do year in year out um so you know with that challenge cup it would be almost cool to run a outlaw schedule and still run for that challenge cup and maybe go to seekonk for a weekly race and go to white mountain and go to thompson go to thunder road and you know, then hit the big shows, the Midsummer's Classic and the Milk Bowl, and but I think it, I think it's hard to uh, to be very competitive for the Milk Bowl um, without running weekly. Um, that's, I guess, always has been my fear is that uh, you know that fifty those fifty lap sprints. There's no better guys than the weekly guys at knowing how to get them done, and uh, um, yeah, until. I say we beat Robbie Crouch's four, maybe get five. It, it's hard to uh, <laughs> not put in 110, 110%, you know, for those milk bowl wins. And I think you have to be running weekly to do them. I mean, there's guys that have done it, Joey Cole and Eddie McDonald. And, but, uh, but you look most of the time, it's, it's the weekly guys that are up there in the top three. I mean, even the, the tour race this year, look at the tour race. Yeah. It was, um, you know, Brooks Clark and Derek O'Donnell in there, but there's strictly Thunder Road guys. And, uh, you know, the best finishing tour guy, I want to say was seven, you know? Um, and, uh, so the, so I think to be as competitive as we are right now, um, I think you have to be there full time. So that, that kind of worked perfectly into what I got for my last question for you. Fourth Milk Bowl is uh, an opportunity that's presented itself to you here this weekend or a couple weekends from now. Um, you know, only only Crouch has won four. Three has kind of been to a lot of guys like the uh, the cursed number. Once you get to three, nobody uh, other than Crouch has, has won again. Um, and, I mean, we got the best of the best in there. You know, the Patrick LaPerls, the, the Ingersons, you know, all those guys that have that are absolute legends of this track. But – you know, just haven't been able to get the fourth one. So 
how do you guys get the fourth one this year? And then, like you said, you're you're looking to get five. Four is uh, four is just tying it. You're trying to get five. How do you do that? So I I think we have to uh, go in like we do every uh, every year. Um, and that is uh, well, I guess we got to go in a little different. Uh, we got to get Jason to time trial. <laughs> I don't think we I don't think we have ever time trialed in the top ten in the milk bowl. Um, so our our first biggest accomplishment is to win a poll for the milk bowl. Like seems, seems kind of crazy that, uh, but that's like, we consider that fit that as like one of the things that's not checked off our list of accomplishments at Thunder Road, because I think it's a huge deal. Um, and, uh, so, uh, so yeah. So I think, uh, if you see us win the poll, it might be a biggest celebration as maybe last year when we won the, the milk bowl, but <laughs> so, uh, we, we can go, we could, we can sit on top of the charts for 75% of the practices all weekend and, uh, come time trial time, uh, just, uh, it's just never there. I think we've, I, I don't know if there's a record or we've got a one most, uh, triple fifties or double fifties, whatever they call them now, those qualifying fifties. Uh, we have plenty of those, plenty of those wins, but, uh, we always have to race a little too hard in them. Um, so our, our first, our first goal is to uh, sit on the pole for the milk bowl and, uh, you know, be able to save some tire for the first segment and start up front. And, uh, then, uh, you know, you get the first segment win and then it's, uh, the second segment's survival. Um, it, it tears up a lot of cars, the second segment. And, uh, then it seems like the third segment, you know, Tom's down or obviously usually there's a few less cars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can, you can race again, but, uh, so yeah, we're, we're going into it the same way we always do. And that's to win the first segment and, uh, you know, survive and advance in the second one. And, uh, then, uh, then race the third, but yeah, we, uh, the next big thing on our list is that pole. Um, and, uh, so, and then go for, go for four. Um, yeah, I, I consider myself kind of superstitious, but, uh, I try not to believe in curses. <laughs> well, uh, thanks Chris for joining us and, uh, congrats once again on the championship, uh, three in a row, a uh, huge deal at Thunder Road. And, uh, we'll see if you guys can come back and, and get four next year. Uh, and, and then, uh, for the milk bowl, uh, best of luck to you guys. Uh, I, I'm sure many people right now are, are going to be listening saying, you know, why are you wishing the 66 team? Good luck. <laughs> they don't need any more, <laughs> but <laughs> good luck to you guys in the milk bowl. And, uh, we'll see if you guys can get that poll. Thanks for joining us today. Awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate all you do covering this sport. Um, I think it's, it's lacked this coverage that you've had the last couple of years or a couple of years prior to you. And, uh, we really enjoy it. So uh, keep up the good work and uh, we'll see you in a couple weekends.